Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. Me pa zoo 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 zoo. Is that a language? <laughs> I think it's Russian for like some cereal commercial. Have you heard that song? Yeah. I hear it on your phone every day. <laughs> I feel like on TikTok, these songs get stuck in my head and I'm just like singing them all fucking day long. But do you even know the full songs or you just sing the parts you see on TikTok? Yeah, just the parts I see mm. on TikTok. Um, yeah. And it's funny because I feel like a lot of these TikTok songs start becoming like on popular yeah like yeah. well like top 40 songs yeah. or whatever and i'm like no no one's really listening to the song they just like the the 10 second segment of what they use it for yeah well i feel like that's how what's your face became so famous who um she was like one of the first big tiktok songs doja cat yes mm. i don't think that's how she became famous but that really like thrust her forward, for yeah. sure but i think with her like her music was popular prior but it just got notoriety and also i think meg the stallion as well mm. but like both of them were prominent figures in yeah. within yeah not to say like i'm ahead of the curve but i watched broad city and they used doja cat in there so <laughs> stupid i am ahead of the curve well hey guys i'm brian i'm doja cat and you're listening to fruit snacks today to start off this episode on this fine evening well to start i am throwing it back to a conversation that we had talked about maybe like the start of this whole like quarantine situation but it was the ellen DeGeneres scandal Mm, 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 um mm. i feel like things have like gotten so heated since we've talked about it well first i feel like it kind of died down for a bit can you just give us um a snidbit back if people don't know or understand, just like a quick jog of yeah, our memory. Yeah, so initially, um, staffers started coming out and uh, talking about how toxic of a work environment it was working on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Once quarantine started, she started filming her show from her home, um, I believe in Montecito, California. And she, instead of bringing over some of her own crew, hired this like non-union production crew to f- help her film from her home. All of her staffers got like really short notice that they were being laid off and, you know, uh, just a bunch well, just of things that load, kept not going. Laid off. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of how it all started. Um, to which a lot of people came out and said that for those who are in the Hollywood industry, this is no surprise. This is like talks. These are talks that have been happening mm-hmm. for years and years um, about Ellen herself um, and how she's like a really mean boss. So more recently, more details have come out from past staffers. And I will say, like, in a lot of the things that I read, they're talking more about executive producers who have been, like, handsy or sexual assaulty, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which, like, uh, at this point, it's shitty to say I'm, like, not numb to it, but I'm also not surprised by it because it's Hollywood and mm-hmm. we've already seen the whole, like, Harvey Weinstein thing play out and so on and so forth. Um, but so a lot of these talks have, have come out in against more so, like, production and the overall work environment but not so much ellen degeneres herself Mm -hmm. i feel like there have been a couple conversations here and there where like she may have explicitly uh, said something or acted in a certain way where like she wouldn't but see even this is a bad example because i was going to say there's a an australian talk show host who came out with his personal story about an interview he did with her and he was like 
He's like, it's weird because her production staff came in beforehand. They were like, right, so here's what's going to happen. She's going to show up at, I'm paraphrasing here. She's going to show up at 1030. She's going to sit in that chair. You're going to sit in that chair. You're not going to ask her anything before the cameras are rolling. Um, You're not going to bother her. Don't look at her. Don't talk to her kind of thing. Um, And she's the only one who's allowed to make jokes. Like Mm. if she makes a joke, you can't piggyback a joke off of that joke that she started like you have to kind of laugh and keep rolling with the conversation kind of thing. Um, and he's like, so honestly, I don't know if she's a mean person, but like it was a very unwelcoming environment, which is sort of like the the overall gist of yeah. this whole conversation. Yeah. Um, so now there's even rumors and talks of like and petitions being signed to replace Ellen DeGeneres on her show. Just cancel the whole damn show if you guys are worried that she's there. Well, here's the thing, like... Uh, Ellen's show is a cash cow. Like, pulls in, like, so much money. Um, the issue is, like, I personally don't know that this is enough of a scandal to break her career. I don't think so, because I think the people who care aren't the ones who watch the show. Yeah, well, I mean, her slogan is be kind. And a lot of people are like, how can you, how can that be your slogan? So another argument that's been sort of, like, put out there is... Even if she herself is not, like, mean or sexual assaulting anybody or, you know, whatever, the, 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 what is it, the, something at the buck head or whatever, like, it stops at the buck's head. So, they're saying, like, she's, she's in charge of the show. She should, um, she should make sure that the set is welcoming to all, especially if her, her personal, uh, slogan is be kind. Um, And she has addressed it on her show and she's like apologized to anybody who's felt, you know, whatever ways. Um, So now I guess they're, they're trying to focus more on like the executive producers who are being called out for like sexually assaulting people or soliciting whatever. Um, But it's just, it's interesting to see this dragged out and now celebrities are siding with Ellen and they're like, I've had nothing but like pleasant experiences and people are like, that's great, but what the fuck does that have to do with the work environment for the people yeah. on the production stuff? Well, to like, me, it's like, wasn't that the argument to begin with, that she was nicer to the celebrities and the more important uh, like people that she saw as equals than she yeah. was like to the lower, I guess, I wouldn't say lower, but people that exactly. you would deem as not as important to her. Mm-hmm. But I mean, realistically, I've worked behind the scenes a lot of the times when it comes to like show production. And yeah, that is kind of the case. Like how yeah. that Australian guy was saying is like, it's not a pleasant experience. And I can imagine that being the case. But I also think that you're there for a job yeah. and you're not there to be her friend. You right. know, I feel like RuPaul gets the kind of same mm-hmm. idea where it's like, Everyone I know on that show, the contestants, they come on thinking me and RuPaul are going to be best friends because it's his show. But realistically, it's like, no, you're there as a contestant and yeah. you're just there to be a part of this small a segment piece on the chest. And just yeah. like part of her show, like all these people are just a piece on the production of the show. Granted, I don't think that that deserves a reason for people to get treated poorly. But to me, it makes sense why that would be the case. Again, I'm not standing by Alan or whatever, because I don't know the facts and I'm not there. So it could be like hearsay. But I think for the people who came forward, I'm sure their experiences are very valid and very real to them. And I think on the other end, like I'm sure there was a reason behind that too. And from the sounds of it, it sounds like Alan wasn't aware that people felt this way about her. But usually people who are nasty don't. Mm-hmm. know what they're giving off even if she doesn't know i don't know that she cares or cared at the uh-huh. time because now she's being called out so she kind of has to um uh, but like her 
she literally has an empire. So yeah. the issue, not the issue, but the thing is like, even if you try to take down her show, she still has like furniture lines, mm-hmm. um, animal pro like there's some sort of like animal thing. Portia has lines with, um, restoration hardware. I want to say, um, anyways, it, you know, they, they own like multi-million dollar properties yeah. that are investments for them. Like she's set, you know? And I think in trying to bring her down, I don't really know, I think the reason that it hasn't come crumbling down the way that we saw so many scandals like the Harvey Weinstein thing mm-hmm. or whatever is because, again, none of these stories really direct right back to her. It's sort of like all of them go right around her and it's right. like, well, everything else was really bad, but nobody was really interacting with Ellen. The biggest difference between like a situation with RuPaul and somebody like Ellen is Ellen on her show as a viewer, I would expect to be so like welcoming or like laughable where she's always like playing pranks on people and it's just always this like fun exciting atmosphere and Mm -hmm. i get that's her job to make it look like that somebody like rupaul i think he likes to have fun but like only with his select friends and i expect him to be a little more like shut off from people um but it's just interesting because it like I said, the conversation had kind of died down after we talked about it on mm-hmm. the podcast, and now it's like really well. Honestly, like I, I see, I see Ellen being the same way. Like how, I, and I only say this because, like, when I perform at Disney, who I am on stage during the thirty-minute show or however long the show is that I'm in is a completely different person than I am backstage. Yeah, and like. Even when we go out, like, for instance, sometimes after the show, we go out and talk to, like, the youth about, you know, working for Disney or, like, yeah. auditioning, pro- the audition process or whatever. Or sometimes we walk through the park to get lunch and the fans are there. You will get a different person mm-hmm. than the person that is actually being presented right. up front, right? Like, a lot of times I am a bitch, but if someone come up came up to me and was like, oh, my God, I'm such a fan. I'm like, oh, hi, how are mm-hmm. you? Blah, blah, blah. Most cases, and if you're listening, I'm sorry, but like, I don't want to be bothered, Mm -hmm. but I know that they have a certain idea of who we are in their eyes and I have to live up to that standard. But again, Alan doesn't owe that to anyone, right? It's like someone falling in love with someone in a movie and then expecting that actor to act like that person in the movie and being like, wait, I don't like you because it's that like crumbling facade. But that's why they also say never meet your, um, idol yeah Yeah. you're you know who you idolize because you'll be disappointed and again i'm not sitting here trying to support what alan's doing because i don't care one way or another uh not that i don't care but i don't know right like i'm not part of that circle or whatever so it's like i have no stake in the game is probably a better way to put it Mm -hmm. i care in the sense of having an opinion but i have no stake in the game whether it goes on or not but i do see producers being more of the grunt work of it all right Mm -hmm. because alan does have that image and Alan just has to uphold that image. So if there's something coming down the pipeline that isn't good, Alan can't be the one to um, give that image because exactly this. Like, it might come out to be like, she's an awful person, right. blah, blah, blah. And then it completely ruins the facade of the show. Yeah. So the producers are the ones to come down. And again, I don't know if that's the case, but this is just me putting logic to it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I can see why the producers are the mean ones because something successful, you do have to be cutthroat yeah. and tell people how things are going to go, how things are going to work and blah, blah, blah. And there's definitely like a... Uh, a madness formality. yeah formality to this madness and yeah. I, I understand like working at Dancing with the Stars or Chelsea Handler or whatever like all the like when I worked crowd control for that brief time and you did too with OCA mm-hmm. like all these people are coming in excited because they're going to see a live show but we have to be like kind of assholes to them be like hey get over here you know like um, yeah. let me use an example Dancing with the Stars a lot of older than 65 people come and watch mm-hmm. a show right and a lot of these people are in wheelchairs and stuff and they get pushed to the back 
because they're not cute or like young yeah. and they want young people on camera. And then on top of that, like it's standing room only most cases. And they're like, well, she's 65 or 80 and she we flew from X, Y and Z to be here. We can try to be accommodating. But realistically, yeah. you're like here for a free ticket and it's a job. You know what I mean? Right. But because I'm just like some Joe Schmo to carry out this task, it's I get pushed to the to the point of being the asshole. You know what I right. mean? Where I'm like, sorry, but too right. bad. Um, and I don't have to uphold that, for that sure. image. Um, cause the show is like what the image is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what those personal things are. Again, I don't know, but I could see it being a stressful environment yeah. and very cutthroat. So I don't yeah, blame I think these that's, people for that That's way. the thing is it's an environment people were walking into work uh-huh. in. And that's where people were like, I shouldn't have to come into work five days a week to like be scared for sure. Kind of thing of like saying something or doing something out of turn. Um, Yeah. That was that on that. Well, yeah, I guess we'll see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also, this wasn't going to be my next hot topic, but um, I was just reminded that Love, Victor got renewed for season oh, two. Oh, my God. On Hulu. Yeah. I love that. I know. So I'm excited about that. When does that come out? I don't I think it just got picked up oh, for okay. season two so with like production halts and whatnot and I've been seeing articles about like how much more money it's been costing to produce things right now um I'm sure it'll come out sometime like late next year 2021 sure, sure. um after Handmaid's Tale like I'm so happy it's coming back but this COVID thing has just pushed so many things back and yeah I just want everything now um I could care less I don't watch TV <laughs> yeah but the next hot topic I was going to talk about was I saw today that Sean Mendez it's well, what was trending on Twitter was Sean Mendez's canceled party mm-hmm. or people be Shawn loving Mendes to cancel over, people, yeah. man, or Sean Mendez is over party or whatever party it was. Yes. Sean Mendez is out. Um, so digging further into it, I found that it was because of tweets and posts that he had put up on social media seven years ago in 2013 when he was like 15 or something yeah. like that. So um, I'm going to read a couple of them. There's only a few that I found, but um, the one that made the most sense to me was he posted on Twitter, light skin girls are better than like the better than sign. Yeah. If that makes sense Greater mathematically than, yeah. if you're looking and then left it blank as in like light skin girls are better than everything yeah. kind of thing. Um, which you can imply that, but I feel like I would still need context just to be the devil's advocate, but I get why that would be problematic. So then there was another one. He was replying to somebody and this girl said a nice, sincere, I don't know what she's talking about here, but the post was a nice, sincere fuck you to the people walking behind me yelling those kinds of thoughts of theirs. Hashtag just kidding. Hashtag grow up. Sean Mendez replied to that and said, I can see the black coming out in you. What is that supposed to mean? I have no idea. So again, like, I don't understand, like, the cryptic messages in these tweets. But then he said something else. He replied to at somebody, I'm black, burnt up, you know? Uh, again, uh, there's racial implications here. <laughs> I'm not following. I don't know if I, it's, like, an age gap Coming thing. from a black person, I have no clue what any of that uh, would be. Like, the light-skinned girl, yes, there's, like, a lot of stuff with that with colorism within the black community all that so i can understand that but the other stuff i'm it's a little vague for me to put something on that yeah so then i then i found out he had already apologized for these tweets last year oh 
and now this is trending again. Well, so I don't know Black if like Lives people Matter. are bored. People are bored. People are angry. Yeah. People are ready to fight. I mean, I'm going to go into it later a little bit, but yeah. I'm not surprised any of this is happening. I like Sean Mendes' music. If he is a good person, great. If he's not, not good. Well, see, that's but, the thing is a lot of people are like, who cares that he's over? Like, his music sucks anyways. And uh, <laughs> you have a huge hole in your shoulder. I know. Song. I didn't see that before. Well, it's a huge hole. Mind you guys, just so that you're aware, Shane's pulling out a huge hole in my armpit because I like bleach tie dyed this shirt. And mm. I think I left the bleach on too long where it oh. ate the fabric. So every time I wash it, a new hole arises, as mm. you can see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. So we're just going to move um, past it. So people are like dogging on him. I guess there was another implication when he, because his sexuality has always been questioned. Right. And he said something that people took as him like... um degrading being gay uh-huh. kind of thing where he was like offended like a by the fact yeah. yeah i didn't see that tweet but people are just looking for things to like drudge up now and you know it goes back to like what we always say uh, more so like hold people accountable he was 15 and that does not um uh, give him a pass on what he said but like he that was seven it. years ago yeah. now he's acknowledged it and like Let's hope that he is a better person. If he continues to do right. something, then sure, cancel his ass. But like, only know. time can tell at yeah. this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Sean Mendes and Ellen should move in together. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's just white people always. Y'all are problems. Well, the last thing that I have is actually a race thing, and it is a white person. This happened okay. in Vermont. Um, a 56 year old guy named Fred Savvy CV mm-hmm. died. Um, in a car accident, and this man um, was one of the guys who <laughs> was defacing a BLM mur- mural. Oh, God. <laughs> so they painted a mural in Vermont of Black Lives Matter, and then he um, was, like, putting oil and dirt and mud on it to, like, kind of ruin it. And yeah. then he ended up getting in a car accident. I mean, I'm not going to say that people deserve to die, but God does work in mysterious ways. <laughs> Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. Amen to karma. Um, I would never want someone to die because of their belief. You know, like that's like someone being like, everyone who's painting this Black Lives Matter should die. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like on both ends, I get it. Like, just to be clear, I stand on the side of like, yeah, we should be painting this mural. But yeah, you know, I I don't think I need to say that. But just in case, you know, everyone wants to be canceling bitches. <laughs> um, but with that said, I think that there's like this lack of like. This goes into a bigger topic because I feel like people bring this up to be like, this is what you get. And I even said that, like, you know, this is God works in mysterious ways. But I, I I, just feel like there's just too much going on in the world and it's too volatile right now. And I can't keep up. Mm-hmm. I can't keep up. Yeah, there's news every day. But that's all I wanted to bring up. I don't know if there's really much to comment on, but mm. I love watching Karen's gone or Karen's in the wild <laughs> on um, Instagram. You love watching Karen's get their karma? is that another one no but karma for karen's is a good that is a good hashtag or like um a good like memeable thing yeah life is hard Right, guys so we sat here for what like 30 minutes no longer than that Even the past few days we, i've like literally talked about past this. few days and then we finally get together because i've been gone for the past week working and we're like sitting in the dark being like okay what do you want to talk about and like we're so brain dead and just shot so we couldn't think of a topic which is not us being lazy it's just really difficult to be so 
up and at it when there's so many things going on that really like a podcast seems like the last thing you really want to worry about but we are trying to stay committed well so not we're here. only that but everything that there is to still talk about we have covered talk, exactly. in some way or another and that's hard to like recreate it in some way so with that said we're just gonna really catch up and kind of keep this as like a listen along with us i guess Mm -hmm. like people are always like we love your podcast because it feels like we're right there with you just listening to a conversation and this is going to be that exact kind of feel right now um so so get up clean your house do your laundry (laughs) i really haven't caught up with shane in a while because we've both been really busy so shane what have you been doing now that you're officially officially done with flying this whole week i have spent uh, fixing up and working on my resume and cover letters and it's one of those things where when i look at the final product of what it looks like uh, tangibly on a computer screen i'm like that was like no it looks like not a lot of work should have mm-hmm. been put into it but in terms of like taking <clears throat> my old cover letter and resumes and really trying to build it up to something more professional than what it was it was a lot of like there was a point where i literally went to a friend's place and we sat through and we were like great let like how do we improve information from this resume for this one um how do we gear it towards the jobs that you're going to be sending this to have you never done that before no i have but i needed to like update the formatting i needed to update the wording because like quickly my old resume was written out in more full sentences and it was like more explanatory in a way that it didn't need to be so in transferring all that information it was it was an easy transfer so to speak but it was also picking out and deciding on words that a system would flag as like good words to have so like um i'm just giving examples here like directed or uh, maintained or right. you know like those those key you know words you know what um i learned on tiktok and this is where i say tiktok is where all the information is at okay. i've learned so much shit on tiktok that i've never learned in my life and i'm like uh-huh. yes okay it's just like a wealth of knowledge um Someone was saying, and she's like a successful whatever. I mean, I don't know how certified she actually is because this is all just like on TikTok. But she said, what you should do is whatever job you're applying for, take the job description, Mm -hmm. highlight about 75% of it, and then copy and paste that onto your resume in white ink real small font at the bottom because then when they search it those keywords from the job description huh. will come up in your resume and it will pull up and she's like it works 100% of the time and I was like that's what? interesting yeah she's like don't do more than 75% she's like 75% is probably like the good place to be but don't do more than 75% but she's like yeah when you do that hmm. your resumes go to the top and I was like huh. interesting yeah well so like Then in my cover letter, um, I was, it was a lot of back and forth. Um, Actually, I put it in a video that we are going to be putting out. Okay. Um, But I had like a setup where on my, on my actual laptop, which like, thank God it at least turns on because it's so old now. um, I'm actually like typing all the information. And then on my iPad set up right next to it, I have like the job descriptions. So like in my cover letter, when I'm sort of writing out my experience and how it would tie into this particular job, because quick note, I learned that especially when you're applying through like not learned, but I was told that when you're applying for the same organization or company, you shouldn't be sending the same cover letter for different job positions. So like I'm eligible for more than one job that's posted, but like I can't just use the same cover letter as annoying as that is on my part. Well, that makes sense though. It does, but also like 
I don't know. The jobs aren't that far apart. So here's my issue is like the jobs aren't vastly different where they're like different departments. They kind of like integrate a lot of the same functions. Um, But all that to say, with each job description that I have up in writing my cover letter, I'm not trying to type all those keywords that are in the job descriptions. Um, So that's what takes time is just that all that back and forth. And like I'm sending it out to different people who are already in fields that like I know they had to have a good resume to get into um, just to like proofread and then send that back. Yeah. And then I work on it. And so it's just this like progression of work. Right. To get. So to the these jobs point. that you're applying for are um, more specifically in nonprofit. So things like the LA LGBTQ center um, Trevor project. And if you don't get the job, what's plan B keep looking. And what would be look like in what capacity? Um, I mean, if I have to come down to a survival job, I'll get a survival job. Mm. Um, but I'm okay for a while with like the severance package that I took from work. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like I don't want to sit and blow all of that money. So the, the goal is to get something as quickly as possible. Um, but that's sort of where I'm like manifesting all my energy right now. Did they already, um, give you the severance package? I got my vacation and personal time payout. So now I have, uh, as another part of, um, my seniority levels package, I get two months worth of pay. Mm. And so I'm just waiting on that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, good luck. Hopefully we can update the listeners on a good positive way. No. Um, as you're like applying for jobs and stuff, um, I got my nose pierced. (laughs) (laughs) I was like talking to my brother and, um, his wife, my sister-in-law, and they are having their first child in September. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked my brother, like, oh, when is the due date? And I think he said September 17th or September 19th, which is funny because my brother's birthday is the 18th. So it'd be like a day before, oh. a day after. I don't remember. It's one or the other. she getting a C-section? Um, oh, I don't know. I think they decide oh. when you're giving birth, don't they? No. No, you plan that out. Like really? Um, yeah. Oh, that's well, like a whole like medical plan that you make with your doctor. Are you sure? Because Kenosha Sometimes, had a, a C-section. Because if there's like an emergency situation where like um, if the baby's being strangulated by like the umbilical cord, right. they can't push out the baby. Right. Um. But for the most part, like if a woman finds out she's pregnant, this is all from like basic understanding of what I have. Uh, through her birth plan with her doctor, she could be like, "I'm gonna have a C-section, or I want to at least attempt to have this baby as naturally as possible." I see. Yeah. Um, so that's why I asked because I was like, "Well, technically, he could schedule a date where he, they would go in and she could have the baby the day yeah. before." I have no clue. It. Okay. I don't know. Um. But if I was her, I would like have had a surrogate. To be honest. <laughs> Not nothing's ripping. So that was one thing. I we're gonna go on a tangent, you guys. I'm so sorry, but I was just saw Tracy and she said that um, I Tracy guess Tracy was the vet we had on the podcast. Yes, she yeah. was on the podcast. She just had her first kid too. There was like four stages. I hope she she thinks this is fine that I can say this. I don't feel like it is a secret, but whatever. Um, there's four stages as to like how traumatic the birth is when you give naturally. Mm. One being you know normal. Four being like tearing everything walls everything she had a three she said i was like oh no so this is why girls you don't you shouldn't have babies and this is why i'm gay is so that you guys said have a surrogate that's still a girl having a baby yeah but for my own body is what (laughs) i'm saying if i'm going to have a baby okay okay? (laughs) but i'm not having a baby because i fucking hate kids Mm -hmm. right but if you're if you're a woman and you want a baby cool but then like don't you know what i mean anyways um so i was talking to her and uh, that's the due date of my uh, nephew, I guess, at this point, which I want to know the name, but they won't tell me, mm. which I'm like, ugh. 
like just tell us okay yeah. whether people like it or not you're already naming the baby that and <laughs> If they like it or not after it's born, what's the difference? <laughs> but anyways, I digress. I just want to know the name of the baby so I can make fun of it if it is bad. And yeah. then I'm, I know I'm going to – I wanted a girl, so I know I'm going to call this baby girl anyways. I was like, oh, my gosh, she's so cute. It's going to piss them off, but whatever. Anyways, um, the baby's supposed to be born like a day or a day before a day after my brother's birthday. And <laughs> my mom and I are uh, born a day apart. I'm uh -huh. March 27th. My mom's March 28th. I was like – Hopefully, um, you don't have the same relationship. <laughs> I was like, damn, that would be fucked up. And I was like, I hope, um, I hope he comes out gay. I hope he comes out gay as hell. And my brother was like, yeah, me too. I well, he didn't say I, me too, but he was yeah. like, yeah, that'd be chill. I I don't care. Yeah. I was like, good. I think they're gonna be great parents. But I bring this up because the other day I was like talking to them, and I was like asking, like, how's the pregnancy going? Like, are you over it? Like. Um, how do you feel? Blah blah blah. Like all these life adult things. And then they were like, what are you doing today? And I was like, ah. I, I'm kind of stressed. And they're like, why? I was like, well, because I don't know where I want to go get lunch. And then I don't know if I want to get my nose pierced. <laughs> and then I was like, wait. That's funny how we're both in our 30s and we're on a completely different yeah. life trajectory of like yeah. me <laughs> being like in my 30s, getting my nose pierced and deciding mm -hmm. if I want sushi or <laughs> Mediterranean. And my brother and his wife are having uh, a baby and like worrying about their lives changing for 18 years and on. So... That's really exciting. Yeah. I, um, that's like been a, a new phenomenon that I think our generation especially is feeling of this, uh, misleveled or unequal, like balance mm -hmm. of, um, comparisons in between what sense? lives. Like I look at, you know, somebody like your brother. And I'm like, wow, like you just said, like his life is so vastly different than what I can even begin to think about right now. Uh -huh. um, like I'm trying to literally start a new career and I'm like, okay, in a few months, like I'll start have to, I'll have to like start thinking about like money and you know, right. not to feed myself. And in his position, he's like, I have to work because I have to feed another human 100%. being. Like, that stresses me out. I would, <laughs> me personally, like as Shane. I'm I would never want to have to take care of someone else. Like as selfish as that sounds. Yeah, it is. I'm selfish. I don't give a fuck. I will say it here again tomorrow. I am selfish. I only like taking care of me. Yeah. People are trash. <laughs> Kids are assholes. They're so selfish. They grow up to be assholes. And I don't like if I had a kid, I really wouldn't want it to be my own kid. Like, I would want to adopt because I'd yeah. want to foster someone else. I would not want to, like, have my own kid because I almost feel like that's vain. Yeah. Again, you having your own kid, you're not vain. I'm not putting that on you. But for me, it feels that way. Like, I don't I don't feel like I'm important enough to, like, prosper a new baby. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd rather be like, no, this person who is an orphan is important enough for me to give attention to, not, like, me bring something into the world to give attention to. I'm like, why would I want to do that? Yeah, it sucks that kids sort of become this leverage between adults where, like, I was thinking about adoption recently and how difficult of a process it is to mm -hmm. adopt somebody. Mm -hmm. Understandably so, because you're taking on a human life and the quote-unquote system wants to make sure that they're being put into a happy and healthy home, and that's great. But also, like, the system is so fucked up that, like, this sounds shitty to say, but like, is it really like, do you really need to make it that difficult? Because I feel like if you keep them within the system, 
they're probably going to be less better off than if you were to just put them in that home anyways. Right. Now, I'm not talking like crack houses. Like, obviously, there needs to be standards, but especially with like gay parents, there are still states trying to ban like gay adoptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that like this child could be in this wonderful nurturing environment. And your reasoning for not wanting them to be is because there's two dads or two moms or two non-binary parents. Like, get the fuck out of here. You know, because at that point, you can't be shouting things like all lives matter. Mm-hmm. Because you're keeping this this child from experiencing the childhood that their parent couldn't give them. Right. I don't know. It's. it's I mean, like, I, like, I don't think that's happening as often, though, is it? Yeah, it literally just happened where they tried to ban gay adoption again. I know, but is it oh. banned? Uh, no, but the fact that we live in a place where, like... I mean, those arguments are, are always like going to be the case. Like, I feel like people aren't going to be happy as long as... But even take that argument away, like, the fact that adoption costs as much money as it does yeah. is insane. Yeah. Again, like, they're being used as leverage to make... And I understand everything is a business, but, like, the hundreds of thousands of dollars that goes into that process is out of this world. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen... Um the the movie and i'm gonna probably butcher this but i think it's 1946 oh so it was a movie (laughs) here we go on tiktok again (laughs) but hey me getting information on tiktok is like you bringing netflix into every in season so we're equal okay but this movie 1946 is a documentary about how the word homosexual was brought into the bible in 1946 Mm. and people think that it was like the word of god when realistically the uh that's when it was translated and the way it was translated one of the words and i again don't know the word but it's in greek or whatever hebrew whatever Mm -hmm. it was like uh two words and it was supposed to be like man with boy or something like that or man with man and one place it got translated to homosexual and another place it got translated to like a pedophile. Mm. And what I think it was intended, at least the documentary is trying to portray is that it's pedophilia, not homosexuality, but then it kind of ran and spurred. And through this documentary, they were showing like there was nothing before 1946 where people were arguing about homosexuality, if it's right or wrong, if it's a Mm -hmm. sin until after the fact. And then that's kind of where it like spurred. And it even went into like, um, when two people are arguing, like um, someone who talks about the Bible in Germany with mm-hmm. the German text as opposed to the English text, their words don't match yeah. up because the way they translated it in German is different than how they translated it in English. And the pedophilia part was translated into German, but not in English. Mm. And so I was like, this is such an interesting thing because I'm like, uh, the book Torn by Justin Lee kind of talks about that and uh-huh. how um, the Bible got translated and all this stuff. And because he's a homosexual guy that's in the church and it was kind of like very reminiscent of that. So this is the second time I've gotten kind of like the same um, news about it. And I know for a fact that if that ever came to a conversation for the masses, it it would be like a fucking (laughs) like shit show. Because even now saying Jesus was black, (laughs) people throw a bitch fit when like, yeah, no, Jesus was the only Caucasian in all of Jerusalem. <laughs> um, what do you think people's argument would be against uh, the gay community if they didn't have the Bible to use? I just hate you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They would just say Adam and Steve, not, you know, all that bullshit. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's no leg to stand or no ground to stand on I agree. as is. But then again, I mean, we had a we have an entire history of racism. And that's 
strictly out. I mean, the Bible was tried to use, was attempted. Well, I don't think the Bible is as much as the person's interpretation of the Bible. That's what I mean. I'm just saying, like, say that religion was non-existent. Like, what what ideologies would people have to hate other people 100%, vocally? A hundred percent. You know, which um, is so crazy because that book was quote unquote written for the sake of humanity and like a hundred percent making humanity better. But here's the thing again, it's like, uh, I think humans fail to realize is that when we interpret information it's based off of our own reality of the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And so with that said, we bring ourselves towards that interpretation. So of course it's going to be like the word of God through the voice of man, through the eyes of man, through the lived experience of man, right? Yeah. Like we have to use these words to explain to another man what we're doing based off of that mutual language mm-hmm. of this is the human existence. Yeah. So of course that human aspect of a man telling the story is going to be infused into what yeah. the book of law should be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like... Going back to religion, I'm surprised Brigham Young University hasn't come under fire for it being labeled Brigham Young. Mm. Because... Oh, I'm sure it's a matter of time. But Brigham Young was the guy who was part of the Mormon religion who said that um, people of darker descent can't hold anything in the priesthood mm-hmm. because they. he said darker skin is... A re- resemblant of the blood of Cain, which is like the devil. So yeah. they can't be holier than people of fair skin, which is clearly racist. And yeah. that didn't get on, uh, that didn't get changed until like 1960s, 1970s. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's how, you know, that's when like segregation and all that stuff was happening, all the civil rights. So of course they're trying to be on trend as a church so that they're not getting like canceled and like followers being left behind and yeah. stuff like that. But I'm like, uh, isn't that problematic? Because if, if, you know, the book of God was for all of all, like love thy neighbor, wouldn't you think that stuff like that wouldn't change over time considering yeah. it, it sh- like has been there for time? I don't mm-hmm. know. This is why I can't get behind religion, but I, I, agree. I just don't know. And then like most wars start from religion. Yeah. And yeah. that's the thing. It's like I was talking about this to my with my dad, and he sent me a video about um, what he does. And this is kind of what I'm trying to go into as a next step, just in case I get furloughed, because today was the day they were supposed to announce if we were being kept or let go, depending on our seniority. And they pushed it back to Monday. And mm-hmm. I didn't take any leave or anything, so I think I might get furloughed, but who the fuck knows? So my plan B These is- companies are just like our government. Like, they just get to take a weekend before telling people if they're gonna, like, have a job to come back to or well, not. Well, I mean, it's understandable because, like- Is it, though? Like, I, you really is. just couldn't follow the deadline? Like, I'm just saying, we as employees are, like, expected to follow, like, deadlines and dates and time. Like, if we don't show up to work on time that plane leaves without us and yeah. we get in trouble but like you as a company have this obligation to tell people whether or not they're gonna have a job in a month or not well or a month i and a half. i mean i can understand being irritated by that obviously being on the receiving end you need to know what you need to do yeah. but i also understand where they're coming from because for all they knew three months ago we would have been fine and we would have had a job, right? Like yeah. it would have been fine three months from now. We don't know if this is going to go on to another lockdown, if it's going to get more scary, blah, 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 blah. So then like trying to decide what's best for the whole community mm-hmm. and the whole company, it makes sense why it can't just be like cutthroat because even within this past week, we had to cancel so many flights because of certain restrictions or changes yeah. in Mexico or this or that. So I feel like there's a lot to juggle. So I get why it takes forever, even though it's frustrating because you want to know. So you can mm-hmm. be like, well, I need to decide if I need to move on or not. Yeah. But 
with that said, my dad was um, telling me about things that he does with um, life coaching and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was like, this is kind of what I talk about. And so when I was getting into it with him, he was talking about how everyone, um, the human experience, and I'm going to butcher this too because it was very brief, but we go through like five stages of the human experience. And most people, most adults stop at stage three, which is like social acceptance in essence. Like Mm. these are not the correct terminologies, but I'm going to try to explain it. Um, What that means is that as a human, you buy into society and you kind of live based off of what society tells you, right? Like Mm -hmm. if, if, um, if success looks like buying a home, working, buying things and upholding, what the Joneses are doing, Mm -hmm. that's what success is. And if you like subscribe to that, then that's your idea of what you should do as your life's purpose. But then this is why a lot of people get depressed and stuff because they're not realizing this isn't what I need, but this is what I think what is the world and uh, I can't change anything. And then the next stage of stage four is just kind of like writing your rules and Mm -hmm. understanding that you're, you're your own individual, that even though society tells you like, you know, gay is wrong or blacks can only do this or Asians aren't that or white people are like this. If you buy into those or not, that's the stage four, right? Where you realize, oh, I'm my own individual. And then the fifth thing is kind of like dropping your ego and being like, it is what it is. They're on their own journey. I'm on my own journey. Yes, we interact. But what you do doesn't affect me unless it physically or like mentally affects Mm -hmm. me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he was telling me like people and I was like, okay, well, give me examples of people who are in stage five and people he gave examples of were like people like Obama or uh, Nelson Mandela or mm. Gandhi or, you know, or it's Oprah. like, I don't know, uh, maybe Oprah, I but think so. it's she's just like people, writing rules for other people. At this well, point. it's like, it's like people don't care necessarily if they're liked or not. They just do what they think is correct and mm-hmm. right. And they base their life off of their own values and their own systems of belief. Right. Yeah. Where it doesn't matter. Yes. Like socially, we all agree like killing's bad or whatever. But in their mind, they're like, this is what I see myself as a good person. And they become that. And he was like, a lot of these people, like even Martin Luther King, they become idolized, but not because like, if you ask each one of them, they wouldn't be asked to be like, they wouldn't be like, idolize me. I Mm. need to be popular. They just live their truth. And then through their truth, people follow them, you know? And that's like where I feel like religion fails a lot of the time is because or people who are religious fail. And my dad was even talking about this because he's like, I was like, dad, what what stage do you think you're in? And he was like, I feel like I'm in stage four. Hmm. Stage four going on stage five. And he's like, because honestly, son, like through life, I've had to really evaluate how I am as a person through the eyes of how I grew up through the military and how I've um, put value on religion. And he's like, as I get older, I realize, yes, religion is a good basis, but there are so many issues with religion. He's like, I blindly listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, that was a really big struggle because they like, especially with religion, it like instills fear in you to be like, if you leave your, your life is shit, you're going right. to fail. And even as gay people, we felt that growing mm-hmm. up, you know, because society is very tied with religion, especially yeah. when it comes to sexuality, obviously. And when you grow up and you're like, trying to decide your own thing and your own life, you you have that shame of like, wow, I'm a bad person. But it, life isn't about good or bad. It's just is or isn't, you know, yeah. reality or, or fictition. Um, and that's that's like kind of where you let go of the shame and you're like, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and having that realization and talking to my dad and stuff like that, to me, um, kind of capping this off, to me, I was like, that's love. Like, that's how you see love, right? Where your partner's not right or wrong or the people in your life aren't right or wrong. They're just, they are or aren't, Mm -hmm. you know? It's like you are this or you aren't, but there's no emotion attached to it. And going through life like that, like, 
um, for instance, like how you feel so volatile towards Trump supporters. Uh-huh. Like I understand that frustration, but you attaching that emotion to that thought is now your problem, not theirs. Do you get what I'm saying with mm-hmm. that? And when he was saying that, I was like, oh, so true. Mm-hmm. Um, and just religion in that. Yes. I mean, I guess we could have gone deeper, but that's pretty much it. Mm. <laughs> All right. What stage do you think you're in? I think I'm like stage three going into four. Mm. Like, I think I, I think what I realized, especially this past year, and this is why I say I'm going into stage four is because I thought success was like buying a house, mm. um, having financial stability. I know I brought this up on yeah. the podcast, but then after that realizing, and I was saying this to Amber cause I just flew with Amber. I was like, I'm realizing that like with this furlough, the, I, the, the anxiety that would come on was just this idea that I would lose it all. Right. Where like I'm losing my job, I'm losing this. And then I was like, well, that's part of my identity. But then outside of that, I'm like, if I lost my job, I'm still Brian. If Mm -hmm. I lost my house, I'm still Brian. I know I would make it work. For sure. And I'm like, as long as I make enough to pay off the bills that I think are important for me, like a car to get around and a house to live in, Mm -hmm. nothing else really matters to me. And I'm like, so I could do any job that fulfills that and gives me enough freedom to do the other things that I want to do, like macrame. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. But like taking that pressure off where I was like, yeah, who gives a shit? Like if I'm not successful or all this work that I put towards getting to this point falls apart, why does that matter? It's okay. And it's like, what standard am I holding myself up to? Is it the standard that I think other people see me as? Or is it the standard that I actually want to live by? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't really care what people think, even if I pick up a job at McDonald's. Yeah. You know what I mean? For the time being, if McDonald's pays my bills and I can still do whatever the fuck I want on the out end. Yeah. Let's do it. Right. So that gave me like a lot of peace. But yeah, I would say three, four. Mm. I definitely am not five, but four, because I definitely feel like I kind of carve a path for myself and not really worry about what, what really is going on outside of my own idea of happiness, moral value, life yeah. value. What hmm. stage would you say you're in? I don't know. I don't know the stages. Three, four, five. What about <laughs> he, one and he two? He said one and two is like, adolescent we kind of jumped out of it because most people like by the time they become adults they're just like understanding things Mm -hmm. um again like i said this is going to be a vague explanation i could have explained that completely wrong but you get it right yeah what was three um like social acceptance kind of like doing things because you feel like if you don't people will judge you or do you know no then i would say i'm like having it i would say that i've been in three I would say I'm having like a big awakening in in not feeling the need to like follow the norms that I would have even five years ago. Mm. So I wouldn't say that I'm like in four by any means, but I'm in this like limbo maybe. Yeah. Between. I feel like you present yourself the way people would, you would want people to see you. Um, maybe, but I think that. Because like even when we have the podcast, I feel like you censor or edit yourself as we're recording. Yeah, in an effort to, like, be able to continue to do this. What do you mean by that? Like, what we were saying earlier where we have to, we have to, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, denote or debrief what we're saying so that people don't, like, jump on thinking that we mean one thing over another. Like, (laughs) I know in my mind I'm educated enough to say what I'm saying, but I don't want that to be misinterpreted. Right. 
But I feel like sometimes when we talk on this podcast that you do that as it's happening without actually denoting that you're doing it. So you get like the shame of what you're supposed to say rather than what you actually want to say, which I don't think is very far off from the message you deliver. Mm -hmm. But do you get what I'm saying with that? Like, I feel like for me, and I think it's easier for me to be more candid only because I could say nigga because I'm black. I could say chink because I'm Asian. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I could say faggot because I'm gay. But you don't take those markers on as your identity because you are white and male. So there's that censorship that you naturally hold. And I think we've mentioned this before, Mm -hmm. but I feel like some of the feedback I get too about us as podcast hosts is that they sometimes feel like you, they get a sense censored self of Shane where it's like, Mm. you should divulge more or be more candid and not saying that it's like a bad thing. It's just a, a, a difference. Yeah. And I, I'm like, no, I agree. But I think it's because of our identities. It's easier for me to be um, free. But I also think because of my identity, I've been in that lane so much that it is easy for me to mm-hmm. stay in that lane than it is to like second guess because I'm like, okay, well I don't give a shit. So here I am, you know? Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm a two. <laughs> I bet you a negative one. I'm <laughs> just mm-hmm. kidding. <laughs> Um. So speaking of macrame, <laughs> I I picked that back up again. I I am not gonna actually macrame with knots, but I'm just I want like this like sheer. I don't know. I'm gonna put a fusion of a couple things because I have dye left from tie dyeing, and then I have my macrame cord that I'm just trying to get rid of. I don't want to make any more plant hangers because I think I have enough plants in the house. Yeah. Um. But I'm gonna dip dye some macrame to see if I can make. And finish a wall hang that I wanted in my room. Um, so stay tuned. That's all for that. Oh. Yeah, I'm still not into it. <laughs> How's your pictures? Shane bought these really, really cool pictures. You should take a picture of it and post it on the Instagram story. They're good. Um, um, did you hang them up? No, I haven't yet. The frames are like... Uh, it's weird. Like we, when I was going to put the photos... So uh, the, the company that I bought the photos from... To frame these photos would have costed me like triple the amount of what I ended up paying because I ended up just buying frames from like Joanne's Fabrics for like mm-hmm. 10 bucks but all in all they do look really good with the frames <laughs> are you but almost, no I haven't hung them yet are you almost done like with home decor yeah I just need a rug and I found one and CB2 discontinued it already yeah well, or was it the one that you showed me oh that one they've just they discontinued over a month ago and then I found another one that's online and I called the store. They were like, oh, we discontinued that. And I was like, okay, cool. RugsUSA.com. They're not a sponsor, but check them out. Mm. <laughs> we should get sponsored by RugsUSA.com. Mm. Um, so I just got done with the three-day trip. Yeah, how was it flying? <sighs> it is so frustrating. It is the easiest thing ever. But what's so frustrating is why people feel the need to make this mask situation such a political thing. I guess just recently, uh, I'm going to have to bleep that out. Damn it. What is this timestamp? Like, I don't fucking know. I'm going to bleep that out. Damn it. It's like 50 minutes, roughly. No, yeah, yeah, 45 minutes. Shit, I almost said my company. Y'all, I fucking can't. Okay, I haven't used a bleep in a while, so we're back at it with the same shenanigans. But there was a video that surfaced about a guy getting kicked off one of our flights in LA because he didn't want to wear a mask, and he said he had health conditions. Mm. And in our um, text, yeah, yeah, our fine print, it says, like, everyone's required to wear a mask. If you're not under two, you're exempt, and if you have health conditions. But it was vague, mm-hmm. right? 
And so I guess every other airline is like mask only. If you're not wearing a mask, you can't fly regardless. And if you have health conditions, you need, excuse me, it has to be noted pre, you know, proof, blah, 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 all this crazy shit. Our airline just announced we have like over 100 passengers that have been permanently banned from the company. So flying. 100%. We are getting on that same level because um, we are kicking people off with no regrets. (laughs) <laughs> we do not give a shit we are like get off oh you don't like it oh you're gonna talk to your attorneys cool go ahead mm-hmm. and what people don't understand is that like flying is not like yes it's a public access kind of thing but you don't have the right to fly yeah like it's a business every business can like require you to act a certain way right like if you go into disney you can't dress up as a disney princess if you're over a certain age Mm-hmm. and you can't fight that and if you don't like it you don't go into disney point blank period yeah. right and i was like thinking of a list of things where i was like yeah and everyone's like oh you're infringing on my freedoms it's not that they can or can't wear a mask people just use a medical reason so that they cannot not have right. to wear a mask it's like service animals completely and so i was yeah. like people are so up in arms like my freedoms my freedoms are freedoms. emotional support sorry but i service. was thinking of so many things that people do because it is required by the government but no one bats an eye right like for instance if you drive Without a seatbelt, you fucking have to get, you will get a ticket, you'll get pulled over, you'll, there, there are consequences. And yes, like, is it easier to drive without a seatbelt when you're not in a car accident? Yes. Is it more comfortable to drive without a seatbelt? Yes. Like all of the mm-hmm. above, the same arguments you would give for a mask. Yeah. But because it's required, you just do it. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like becoming a political thing that just makes no sense. Just like if you were to come on the plane you can't just show up in underwear you can't show up in a bathing suit yeah you know you have to wear clothes you have to wear shoes and that's why i'm like what like you're not complaining about not having to wear like a nudist isn't showing up being like i have the right to be naked it's Mm -hmm. like you do but not here on this plane or not here in this grocery store same thing like if these motherfuckers same people are going to a club and there's a dress code for the club where it's like no um, open toe shoes for guys, right. only collars, no shorts, no jeans. You're not going to be like, I'm going to call my attorney and sue yeah. your ass because you're not letting me into your establishment. Exactly. Their establishment. They can decide what the demeanor is inside of it, what vibe they want, whatever they're requiring you to do. Just like if you were to go and go to the gym or whatever, you have to sign a waiver saying like, if I get hurt. I understand. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just like there's rules that you sign to participate yeah. in certain activities or events or services. Mm-hmm. And then it's like um, the same thing as like a certain drinking age, right? Like, right. yeah, as a human being over 18 as an adult, you can free will decide if you want to drink or not. Mm-hmm. But legally you can't. And if you do and get caught, there are consequences. Right. So it's like shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. It's just like shut the fuck up. So with all of that said, that is the frustration because people come on board and we tell them over and over and over, hey, if you're on board with us, you have to wear a mask or a face covering that covers your nose and mouth, except for when you're eating or drinking. So one flight, this motherfucker, as I'm walking through the cabin, I come up to him and I'm like, hey, um, like as we're doing compliance, I was like, hey, if you don't mind, just could you go ahead and pull your mask back on? We'd appreciate it. Thanks. And I keep walking. And then he does. And every time we pass, he's like, it's not on yeah. in essence. And what we're supposed to do is if we're at the gate, kick them off. If mm-hmm. we taxi out, go back to the gate, kick them off. If we're in the air, um, tell them that they, they can't fly with us anymore. If they have a connection, it's canceled. Like mm-hmm. you're not respecting the rules. We're not playing this game. Um, and so what we did was we gave them like service food, just pretty much like peanuts or whatever. And mm-hmm. then a soda. And every time we would walk by, he would just put his can to his lips. And then as we passed, he'd put it down. 
So annoying. So then um, one of the flight attendants, a girl, goes up to him and was like, hey, um, do you mind just putting your mask back on? Like, I understand that, like, it might be uncomfortable, but we'd appreciate it. And he's like, why? I'm eating. And she's like, well, you're not actively eating. Because, um, like, it's like literally an eight-ounce can of soda. Yeah. We gave him two hours ago. You're done. Okay? Yeah. Same with the little bag of peanuts. You're done. Uh-huh. And he was like, no, I am. And she's like... But you're not, though. That's the thing. Like, I know what you're trying to say, but that's not the case. And he's like, yeah. no one has a problem but you. I don't understand why you have a problem. She's like, well, honestly, it's my job to have a problem because mm-hmm. that's what I'm like. This is what they're requiring me to do. So I'm asking you to do that. Right. And so then he's like, puts it over his nose. When she walks away, he drops it down. I go through trash. Same thing. I see it down. When I walk by, he kind of acts like he's putting it on or taking a drink, whatever. So we have another male flight attendant go up to him and was like, hey, um, we need you to put the mask on, blah, blah. He's like, oh, I'm drinking, blah, blah. And the, the male flight attendant didn't know the backstory of it. So he's like, oh, okay, walks away. And then I tell him, like, no, he's been trying to pull that shit, like, this whole flight. So he walks up behind him and just stands there. And uh, what, what, what people don't realize is, like, we have your name, all your information, yeah. literally where you're going, your connections, everything. So he walks up to him. He's like, hey, Steve. And the guy got startled. He's like, Steve, and this is Rebecca, right? Because he was like driving with someone. <laughs> Granted, those are not their names, but yeah, yeah. just for the sake of the story, he's like, hey, Steve, hey, Rebecca. And they were like, oh, shit. He's like, so I've asked you guys to put on your mask twice. Um, I understand that you said you were eating. I was just standing there behind you for about a good three or four minutes. You didn't um, eat or drink. And now it looks like you're just trying to play games. So if we have to say this again to you, I'm letting you know you're not going to make it to St. Louis. That's not where they were going, yeah, but yeah. they had a connection. And he's like, I, uh, you're not going to make it to St. Louis, and you're going to be stuck in this connecting city. So just be aware of that. You can decide what you want to do at this point. And it's exactly that. Like, I'm not trying to sit here and fight you. And yeah. they think that we get off on, like, trying to do it. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm not trying to babysit, but if I walk through and I notice, I'm going to say something because that's my job. But whether you wear it or not, I'm like, whatever. But that's like the biggest frustration. And then the same thing, another girl came on and she kept pulling her face down over her nose, like below her nose. And I was like, uh, excuse me, I know it's uncomfortable. I'm so sorry. And I like literally understand what they're feeling. Right. I don't like wearing it either, but right. we have to. Like, especially when you're like doing service and stuff, you can't hear what the fuck people are saying. Mm-hmm. You can't breathe. Like, it's just like you can breathe, yeah. but it's not as easy. Right, Let me right. refrain. Because <laughs> I'm sitting here like, they say they can't breathe. Fuck them. <laughs> yes, you can breathe, but it's just not as easy because you're not used to having a face mask on. Mm-hmm. I understand all of that, but we're in this together. And I'm like telling her this and she's like, I heard you. Thank you. And I'm like, okay, just making sure. I was like, I'm not trying to get on you like that. But like, I just walk away and in my head, I'm like, Bitch, we don't have to have this conversation if you just did it. Like, you're mad at yourself. Like, you know what you're doing. So why the fuck are you sitting here saying that? And that's what it's like flying. So it's thriving. Lucky you. So much fun. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I thought I got furloughed today because I read a note, but I guess it was just like a warning. And when I read it, it kind of like made me panic, but not in like a bad way. It almost an exciting way. Like, (gasps) I get to like explore other options. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen, but stay tuned. I don't think I'm going to jump ship, but I definitely am going to see what other ships are out in the sea. Not flying, but what do you mean? Like other opportunities for me as jobs. But you want. Okay. I'm going to keep this job. Like, I'm yeah. not going to quit. If I get furloughed, that's one thing. Oh, but I I feel like I'm not going to look for another job if I already have one. And so I, the thought of getting furloughed and just using that time to decide, mm. we'll see. But again, I'm like rolling with the punches here. This all could be like hearsay, but 
who the fuck knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you getting tired over there? Oh, no. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to catch up with for the listeners? No. Okay, well, let's just jump into this in-season then. Okay. start us off with this in-season shame yeah i'm taking it all the way back to high school days well like maybe even before that to abercrombie i have been buying like so much stuff off their website because they keep having these massive sales where things are going from like 45 dollars down to i literally got two t-shirts for four dollars each oh wow like so cheap and this t-shirt that i'm in right now is so comfortable it's like super soft cute fit um I don't love everything. Like I have gotten some stuff. I'm like, oh, never mind. I don't want this. Yeah. Um, but a lot of their stuff, like they've completely rebranded that company. Um, it's not so homoerotic anymore. It's like normal music plays in the stores. Um, all the all the like advertisements and whatnot are like normal looking people. And when I say normal, I mean like people of all sizes, shapes, colors, backgrounds. Um, yeah, and some of their stuff is really cute. They have black products now. Like, um, like before they never sold any black fabrics. Oh, when you said black I know, products, I, that's I was, what I was like, like clarifying. Yeah, what does that mean? No, no, no. Like they never had anything. Them and I think Hollister never carried any black uh-huh. fabrics, and so now they have like a bunch of black fabric clothing. Mm. And um, I just got like a random all solid black beach towel for like nine bucks. Wow. Yeah. See, this is what I mean. Like people think they can't make like a political statement or anything, but like they can based off of that. Cause like Abercrombie definitely became, they came under fire for how they are as a brand. Mm-hmm. And once like in America, unfortunately money is power. I hate it cause yeah. I hate money, but where you put your money is, is not usually where you put your mouth. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I haven't been on Abercrombie in a long time. Maybe I should start looking at Abercrombie. I just don't like that they have like their brand over everything. They don't. Well, they, on some of the stuff that I've been getting, it is. But like those long sleeve shirts that I showed you the other day, mm-hmm. there's not one like me wearing it. You would never know where it was from. I see. Yeah. Because I like to be very incognito. Yeah. You just have to like sift through their stuff. Like this shirt, it does say Abercrombie on the left, like chest part, but... The back just has um, their flagship store locations. Mm. So it says like New York, Chicago, LA, right. like whatever, but um, nothing about. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In season for me this week, um, I want to say it's just like reconnecting with friends that I haven't talked to in a long time. Mm. Um, like obviously me and Chikara went to Zion, um, which was really nice. But like, I feel like we don't get into deep conversations, not just me and Chikara, but like friends in general. Yeah. Like we're around each other so much that we just kind of like keep what's on topic and like, oh, mm. how was your day? Blah, blah. But we never have an opportunity to really go there and learn deeply about each other in a deeper yeah. sense where you feel closer as friends. And I had that experience with Chikara. And then I had that experience with my friend Amber just recently. And um, it's nice to go deeper in that sense because like I said, I, I just feel like you learn so much more about each other and it just feels like important. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and because I'm not in a relationship, like I feel like I don't get deep, like in right. like a, 
you know, I don't have a boyfriend. And I feel like that's usually where those deep conversations come from. Yes, it can happen with friends. But like I said, it doesn't happen often. But because I was like having it recently, I was like, oh, wait, no, this is really refreshing um, compared to what I normally talk about. And I was like, yeah, I'm here for it. So I like that. Deep conversations is my end season this week. All right. But you guys, it sounds like that is kind of wrapping it up. We're both kind of really exhausted at this point. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for listening this week. As always, if you guys want to give us the best gift, if you've enjoyed this episode or any previous episode or this podcast as a whole, what you can do is subscribe, rate, like, listen, review, all of the above. We'd be so grateful. If you want to follow us on Instagram and reach out, you can find us at Fruit Snacks Pod. And if you want to email us with any questions or any feedback, you can email us at Fruit Snacks Pod at gmail.com. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening this week and we will catch you next week on fruit snacks later goodbye